Well, day one is done and dusted at the Edition Men's Hockey World Cup for 2018. Results to be as expected, but perhaps not as we expected. It's time for the World Cup Daily. And welcome day two, Matt Allen. Looking forward to all the action coming up today. Uh, uh, John Lee, I absolutely am. It was a bit of a, a bit of a relief to get that first game done and dusted last night. I would, uh, I built myself so much over the, built myself up <laughs> so much over the, the lead into yeah. the World Cup. It was a bit of pressure released and great way to kick off the tournament. It was indeed, and we kicked off the tournament with the uh, the first game, um, Belgium, Belgium taking on Canada. Canada. Uh, Canada, the last team to, or France was the last team to creep in, perhaps not a side that many expected would make it through to the World Cup, but they're there, and they put up a great show against the uh, Belgians. Well, they did indeed. I thought that the, the Belgians were going to run away with it early on with the game, and uh, it was kind of backs to the wall for the for the South Africans. They they got a bit more compact and defended a bit better in that second quarter, and it could have gone any way. Uh, but of course, yeah, two uh, two goals in the first half there for the Belgians. First one up on three minutes for Felix Denea, and uh, Thomas Briels with the second on 22. More on that one a bit later. Indeed. Uh, Canada, though, pegged things back in the second half. 48th minute, they got on the scoreboard um, thanks to their number 19, Mark Pearson. A great tenacity. You know, it was a, yeah. a super, super corner routine, um, but he, he was very tenacious to, to get that second effort on, on the line and um, pop it in. And their backs were up, and I thought, oh, we could be on for an upset here. Yeah, it was it was funny in that the first quarter uh, it could have been Belgium by how much uh, they they created a lot of opportunities and you thought gee they, this could get ugly for the Canadians, but after a wobbly start they you know dug their heels in and they they started to play the sort of game that Belgium didn't want them to play. Yeah. And uh, really, you know, forced Belgium to really rethink what they were trying to do. They did indeed. And unfortunately, we don't have the stats this time around on, no. the, uh, on the FIH TMS uh, site as we did with the Women's World Cup. So we can't give you all the possession stats. But uh, I'd fair to say that Belgium were probably up around 65%. I do believe Stephen uh, Finlader from the hook had the old, had the, the chess clock out and was, uh, oh, was trying to keep some possession <laughs> stats of his own. <laughs> Maybe we'll get hold of those. Yeah. Uh, but it was a very interesting game. I mean, never reached brilliant heights I wouldn't have thought the Belgians looked like they could put on a scoring clinic but it didn't turn out that way no, lot of, um, lot of, lot of nerves I guess there oh, as definitely. well opening game well of course uh, Mahir Vazavda from the Indian Express he was pitch side and had opportunity to catch up with Arthur Van Doren and the general speed that we see in Belgian attacks was, was kind of missing in today's game uh, was it because of the rust or just uh, yeah I think uh, it's uh, obviously uh, it has been some time that we played uh, yeah, a game of this important so uh, we, we needed to get in the in the rhythm of the game I think we yeah, we made sure we, we got some quality attacks in uh, more and more second quarter third quarter uh, by our mistakes we gave them a chance to, to get back in the game I think that's something we will have to try to avoid for, uh, for the next games um, but yeah you don't have to be at your best right now it's uh, it's about growing in the tournament it's about being, uh, being t- uh, realistic and being yeah, at your best when it really counts and that's what we're trying to do and uh, so apologies for some of the audio there. Mahir's working against the bane of all pitch side reporters, the uh, ground announcer. <laughs> but uh, uh, the pair of them both did well to, to get through that. Um, yeah, look, we, we mentioned in the preview to this game that it would be interesting to see what Belgium's approach to the tournament was, given their history in the major tournaments. And obviously they're taking a longer view this time around, perhaps. 
well, we did mention as well the the age of um, some of those guys, and we were expecting David Carter um, in goal. Well, he wasn't in goal for um, last night's game. Um, in goal was, hang on, let me find the name of the young fella here. Um, da, 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 and Anthony Kindler, and he had an absolutely fantastic game, didn't he? He was he was all he over did. the place. Um, so yeah, could be another goalkeepers tournament. Allow the women's. I tell you what, there was some very good goalkeeping going on display last night. Now that was the first game played at this World Cup on the the new stadium there in Babanaswar. Yeah, on the new Politan. The Polytan? Is yeah, it? the Polytan Blue Turf. Polytan Blue Turf. Well, <laughs> it's a platinum. Cool platinum. Um, not, not wanting to cast dispersions over what the field is because we're, A, we're not playing on it. And, um, but whatever the field condition it happens to be in, it's equal for everybody. So it's always a good idea to know exactly how the, the turf's playing. And this is what, uh, Arthur thought of the, uh, the turf post the game. What are impressions of the turf? It's a newly laid turf. How is it playing? It's a really good turf. It's a perfect turf. Uh, is it slow because of... No, it's pretty quick. Uh, it's, uh, it's quick enough. It's uh, flat enough. If you execute it well, if your technique is perfect, uh, you don't have any trouble. So the, the, the pitch is perfect. Uh, so it looks like there's not going to be too much worries about the pitch at all. People are just going to get on with it. That's right. But there's no point worrying about it now. Is there? <laughs> it's too late for all of that. Now, of course, if you had Arthur Van Doren in your scored fantasy league team, uh, he would have notched up eight points. He was the most valuable player of the match for the Belgians. Thomas Briel's also on eight points and Vincent Van Asch on four points. Uh, top four, the Belgians, sorry, for the Canadians, G. Johnston on two, Kindler the keeper on one and Mark Pearson on Three points. Let's get on to the second game yesterday, and it was one probably uh, the host nation was looking forward to the most. It was India taking on South Africa, their first game for the the World Cup, the Indian hosts, and um, it was noticeable how the crowd was vastly oh, yeah. different between the two games. It filled up pretty quick, didn't it? It did indeed. Uh, and, well, this was a really interesting game, I thought. Uh, for three quarters of the game, it pretty much travelled along as we'd seen the previous game between Belgium and Canada. India got out to an early 2-0 lead. Then the um, South Africans found something. They they were really pushing the Indians. And um, at about the same time in the game where Canada had scored to put the pressure back on the Belgians, uh, Bel- uh, Belgium was leading 2-0. Canada got that, that goal to put them 2-1 and the game really got tensed up. At about the same time in the game... India versus South Africa that India scored their third goal so South Africans were pushing they were looking like they could score and go to 2-1 but they conceded a goal instead went to 3-0 down and from there uh, they conceded a couple more goals in the last quarter and bang it was all over Simranjit got that uh uh, 43 minute goal uh, yep. 45 minutes Upadai came in and then on 46 minutes Simranjit got his second of the game and that was it it was all done and dusted then wasn't it but until that third goal was scored they both games had gone along in a very similar narrative the way that the, the play had turned out India came out and you started to think whoops this could be a massacre here and the South Africans dug in found something really put the pressure back on India and if they had have managed to score and they had their chances just prior to the Indian goal, uh, game could have turned out completely different. Yeah, well, I thought Peyton and Spooner, Spooner in particular, looked good in that, in that third quarter. Um, yeah, they just couldn't get on the score sheet, could they? And it could have been all no. the different if they could have managed to notch one up. But alas, a 5-0 defeat. Now, of course, Ernst, he picked a, a 6-1 uh, win for the Indians in which his, is 5-0 really 5-0 that's so well done we'll give you one point for that one Ernst 
Uh, but of course, Thomas Briels, he picked a, a 3-0 win for Belgium. Only yeah. a 2-1 win there. I'm not sure that the players going forward are going to be that keen on doing predictions on their own games. Uh, it's uh, probably a little bit too much uh, firepower given to the opposition. Yeah, you're right. Um, be interesting to see how that Ernst goes in future days. Try to get people to to give those score predictions. He did predict that Ernst predicted Belgium would beat Canada four 0 but not quite there. Uh, can, the Canadians did very well, and they could uh, they could still. It'll be interesting in that pool to see who takes third place. Well, because you think yeah. it's going to come down to Canada and South Africa, and but that's next game up for them, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's a couple of days away yet. Um, now, one more thing we should get through before we turn our attention to the rest of today's play, and that is the goal of the day. I'm instituting a goal of the day for the uh, World Cup Daily podcast, uh, sponsored by an unknown sponsor. We'll just call it unknown sponsor goal of the day. Right. And uh, Could be you. Could be. Could be, could be you. Uh, today's goal of the day goes to Thomas Briel, who scored the second goal for the Belgians in their 2-1 win. Over the Canadians. That's not, that's not just favouritism because he was on yesterday's show. No. No, good. All right, just clearing that. Now, let me see. 8.03 second quarter. Where's Thomas Brills come up in here? Uh, it was in the uh, 22nd minute yep. of the game. And uh, courtesy of the host broadcaster... Star Sports. Star Sports. And, and the, the FIH. Com- and the FIH and their commentators, Charlie Broom and um, Rick Charlesworth... Here's our goal of the day. Oh, lovely leave. What a goal that is. It's Thomas Greels. It's the leave at the top of the circle that is the delight. Here's the play. The ball slipped in. Lovely trap door there. Well left. And Greels finishes from there. He certainly knows how to do it. But there's the leave. Wonderful play. It's to Kerpel. He's left it. Yeah, through his legs. Just played over the ball. You practice that. Sometimes it uh, sometimes, uh, doesn't work, but when it does, it's so effective, so dangerous. And it was certainly effective for Thomas Brills. Uh, picked up the ball with his back to goal, spun around and let fly with a first-timer and smashed it past a goalie. Congratulations to Thomas Brills, winner of our unknown sponsor, Goal of the Day. Thomas, you win our very best wishes. Yeah, and uh, thank you once again to the host broadcaster, Star Sports, and Charlie and Rick there. Fantastic work. Uh, so... That's, that's day yesterday, two. day one done and dusted. Shall we look ahead to what's happening on later we today? We should have a look and we'll just go through the uh, the fixtures and then uh, get on to see what Ernst thinks before we have a say. Coming up today, uh, the 5pm game local in uh, Babanaswa is a game I'm looking forward to, Argentina and Spain. I think at one stage I, I called this the, uh, the Latin derby. Latino yep. Derby. Yep. It should be a cracking game. And coming up second, another interesting match between New Zealand and France. That's the 7 p.m. Babanaswa time game. Should we take in Ernst's? Um, that both games are from Pool A, by the way. Yeah, let's have a listen. Listen to Ernst, and we'll talk a bit more about the game. You're listening to the World Cup Daily Predictions, a cooperation between Studio Hockey and the First Day. Day 2 of the World Cup brings us the opening game of the reigning Olympic champions Argentina. A surprise for most, winning bronze four years ago, they will not surprise anyone this time. Argentina will open up with a Latin style matchup versus Spain. Players know each other very well and it will be a close game, but I think Argentina will win it 
3-2. Next up is New Zealand versus France. Strangely enough, most players we know each other also very well, because a lot of the players from both teams play the Belgian Club League. France are the lowest ranked team in India, that might surprise some, so I'm guessing a 2-1 victory for France will not be the common bet for most, but I think it's possible. I've also asked Mickey Delas, the Spanish captain, what he thinks will be the scores for day two. I think Spain will beat Argentina 2-1 and New Zealand will beat France 3-2. Enjoy your hockey! That's it for today on the Daily World Cup Predictions. Tune in tomorrow for a new episode. But for now, enjoy your hockey. Or as they say in India, Up Bas Hockey! Hi, I'm Shamidin and you're listening to the World Cup Daily Podcast at the Odisha Hockey World Cup. Well, thank you very much, Ernst. Thank you, Miggy Dalas, and thank you, Trent Mitten. Fantastic to have everybody on board there, and some uh, interesting predictions for today's game. A win for France, uh, Ernst reckons, so. Possible. Let's get to the first game, Argentina Well, he's, 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 he's not alone. I understand uh, the top of the D. Yeah, very keen on France to win the tournament, but you'll have to oh. check out. You'll have to check out Twitter on that one. <laughs> uh, let's have a look at the two teams first up: Argentina, Spain. Well. Look, Argentina, current Olympic champions, their results recently have been, you would think, a little bit disappointing from their point of view. Bit of turmoil there with coaches leaving, etc. Um, new man on the job, Germain Orozco. He'll, uh, he has a, what can be best described as an aging squad. For many of these guys, it's going to be the last hurrah. You know, Juan Vivaldi at 246 caps. Um, Pedro Ibarra, he's played 263. Matias Paredes at 336. Uh, Juan Lopez is at 269. Plenty of others way into the hundreds. Um, and the youngest player in the team is a 20 year old one, Malco Casella. He's got 35 caps to his name. Yeah, well, like you say, one of the oldest sides, average age 29.7 for the Argentines. Uh, So this is their last hurrah for a lot of these guys. Uh, And I think they'd be feeling a little pressure, especially after the women didn't do so well at the the, uh, Champions Trophy, Trophy, despite not playing bad hockey. They just couldn't score any goals. And um, unfortunately for Argentina at the moment, the key to beating them is to not giving away penalty corners. That's right. That seems to be the way it is. You restrict Payat from getting up there and uh, yep. you restrict them from scoring goals. Now, Kiko Cortez in the Spanish side, he'll have some, certainly something to say about that. He's a fantastic keeper. Um, you know, not, not the youngest group of players for the, for the Spaniards either, av- average age of uh, 27 and a half. But you've got players like Xavi Leonard there, 28 years old. Uh, he's an absolute superstar. Pau Quimada, 35 years old and still trotting around and uh, a great servant to Spanish hockey over the years. I think this is going to be a pretty even game. Yeah, I think that was reflected in people's tips as well. I think there's a, a goal in it, maybe. It could even be a draw. Um, yeah, well, they've, been, they've been pretty even over the years. Going back to 78, they've played seven times in the World Cup. and uh, In the 80s, uh, Spain were the, the dominant side. They had three wins and a draw against Argentina. Uh, 94 in Sydney, Argentina had a 2-1 win. 2002 in KL, Argentina had a 3-1 win. And most recently in Mönchengladbach in 2006, it was a 1-1 draw. Um, just over the years, uh, the total stats, Argentina have played 84 games at the World Cup, winning 32 of those. That's a 38% win rate. And Spain, 91 games with 45 wins, a 49.45% uh, win rate. So pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it should be a ripping game. And uh, Have you got a card count for this game? 
I'm expecting we might see world record card count coming up here. Um, we'll see, have to see how the temperaments go on the match day. Uh, should we move on to the second game now? Oh, you got a prediction there? Are you going to predict anything in this podcast uh, at all, or are you just going to sit on the fence? Please? Yeah, all right, okay. Uh, four yellows and uh, <laughs> two greens. <laughs> I think the Spanish can get up over the top of the Argentinians tonight, and uh, I'm doing that because of our mate. Our mate? Our mate, our Spanish mates. Yeah, well, Edu and oh, and Andrew. Of Andrew course. Yes, and yeah, yeah. Uh, is he class of Spanish? Hey, well, well, yeah, he is for these purposes. Okay, let's get on to the second game coming up today at seven pm Babanaswar time. An intriguing game: New Zealand versus France. France scraping into their uh, into the World Cup, ranked twentieth in the world, getting by on the fact that India is the host that opened the place up for them. Um, and they're, they're taking on a team that some people think could be a bit of a dark horse, although their recent results probably don't inspire a great deal of confidence that they can go deep into the tournament. No, it's a long time since the French have been at a World Cup. You go back to uh, 1990, I think. 1990, yeah, they last time they were there. And they qualified through the Hockey World League in seventh place in Joburg, whilst New Zealand qualified in sixth place. So you'd yeah. think not a lot, lot between them there. There's not a lot between them, despite the world rankings being Isle, um, New Zealand at nine and France at twenty. We saw it at the Women's World Cup. <laughs> what a, <laughs> what a world rankings were. <laughs> yeah, uh, and sometimes they're a guide, but uh, you know, can't put too much store in them. The player to watch, according to the FIH, for the French is their inspirational captain Victor Charlet. Uh, when you look at their team, they've got quite a few experienced players in there, such as. Uh, Nicolas Dumont, who's played for Belgium as well as France, That's but right. uh, Victor's played a hundred games. Uh, Hugo Jessenay and Genest and Porn Genest, uh, they've both played well in excess of a hundred games. And you've got a few other players there up around the hundred mark. What interests me is some of the young guys. Eighteen-year-old Timothy Clement, he's only played the five international games. Nineteen-year-old uh, Adrian Coffinez who's played five games. Uh, Kevin Mercurio's played six games, although he's a 27-year-old. And uh, another young fella, uh, Antoine Ferrec, Ferrec, who's played eight games. So there's quite a young squad there. Well, only two World Cups before for the French, just on the stats. They, uh, they've got a 46% win rate, so only 13 games played, but they've done pretty well when, when they have made it there um, in the past. So I'm looking forward to, to seeing how they go tonight. Um, New Zealand, a little bit more experience at the World Cups. Uh, they've never met each other, as I said before, but 63 games uh, for 24 wins for New Zealand, so a 38% win rate. It's going to be an intriguing game, and you know what a lot of people think will be the game to decide who drops out of the group you'd think so that will be a key game for both teams to win if they have any hope or aspiration to move through to the next round now coming up tomorrow Australia Ireland early England and China now that is going to be an interesting game if the Chinese men can hold up on their uh, the form of the Chinese women at the Champions Trophy they will really trouble England but yep. we'll talk more about that tomorrow young, young, young side it's going to be tough for them there I think yeah uh, I'm, I'm picking uh, I'm going with France as well I think they can cause an upset tonight people don't know a lot about France and I dare say the New Zealanders are in the same boat as us so it could work in their favour well and I think uh, like Ernst said there's a lot of those guys are playing in Belgium in the, in the league over there. Yeah. There's, a, there's a lot of international players from around Europe that are playing in Belgium. Boy, yeah, oh boy. Now, just before we go, Matt, um, the, as you know, the crash ball counter has been uh, remade, uh-huh. re-engineered, better, stronger, newer. 
I was a bit worried when I heard Cedric wasn't going to be there because we'd actually totally redesigned it, re-engineered it <laughs> for Cedric to take the load of Cedric's crash balling. But you can always trust someone to step up to the plate. Last night, it was Dan Strange. Thank you, Dan, for stepping up. Uh, quarter one of the India versus South Africa game, we had a crash ball at the 10-minute 26 mark. And then in quarter two at the uh, 21, oh, 2-minute 18 mark of the second quarter, we had... Another crash ball from Dan. There are a couple of others that floated in there, uh, but they are on forensic examination was a crash bash ball, right. and, um, which has gone to the adjudicators just quietly to get a determination of whether the crash bash ball counts or not. And uh, we also had uh, a situation where the, the um, crash ball counter got a bit confused because some of the Indian names contain syllables that sound a lot like crash ball. Right. <laughs> Ash. HD. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stuff like that. So we, we've had to recalibrate the, uh, the the crash ball counter slightly to take a, account for that. But so far, Dan Strange leading the cash, crash ball count. Two crash balls to nil. Fantastic. Well done, Dan. It'll be a trophy or something like that at the it end of it, of it all for you. Now, just quickly, the weather in BBI today. Um, we're going to get up to a top of around 29, 30 degrees. Uh, a sunny day, not so foggy. Humidity, 57%. And when that first game gets underway at 5 o'clock local time... 57% is pretty bloody humid, mate. Uh, it will be uh, 6K wind. So a little bit of a cooling breeze coming in for the players. But that's going to be heating up all the way through and over the weekend. Uh, expecting tops of sort of 30, 31 degrees. So, uh, yeah, that warm climate training, that would have uh, done you very well by now. Uh, quick very quick one John uh, on the scored fancy team we of course got our, our own mini league yeah. uh, just like to note that uh, two of the bottom three are Stephen Finlay to the hook and Tyron Bernard hockey 24-7 both on minus one point oh. um, and top of the ladder after the very first games uh, we've got Baggy's Behemoths from Rob Barron at Rotten Row Hockey Club and then Rotten Row Hockey Club in second with hashtag bring back the bully oh, how's the team that only wants to beat Matt doing uh, I'm not sure there's any points on the board yet, John. Oh. Uh, my, my team, the TRS Development Squad, we're on uh, we're on three or four points so far, so we're we're going all right. We'll be there or thereabouts come the end of the season. Enjoy all our hockey action coming up. Day two of the World Cup in Babat as well. We'll be back tomorrow. Catch you, mate. See you tomorrow.